You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, if you know the Def Leppard song, Pour Some Sugar on Me, you know that's where it hits in. And uh, just a song that gets me excited. And so welcome into this Locked On Browns podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller. You can always get a hold of me on Twitter, at Jared K. Mueller. And thank you for stopping by. Whether you're clicking here on Audio Boom or downloading through iTunes, I really appreciate it. Love all of you. Got a lot of uh, notes recently of people subscribing through iTunes, so just want to thank you for that. And so, uh, hope everybody enjoyed their bye week uh, for the Cleveland Browns. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. And now we're here on a Monday, and so we're back getting ready for the Browns to return to action. And I don't know about you, um, but both the fan and analyst and me really actually missed watching the Cleveland Browns play football this weekend. You heard me right. I actually missed watching the Browns play football. Yes, that is our 0-12, winless, struggling Cleveland Browns. I actually missed the team playing football this week. Because everything about the Browns is, for me, all about looking towards the future. So without a game, there wasn't as much to look forward to about the future. But there were some things for us to look forward to. And and that's really what I'm kind of of going to focus on today is where does the future for the Cleveland Browns look, specifically the NFL draft, given where we expect the team to build from? The NFL draft is an important, maybe even the most important part of that. And so draft picks, trades, all of that plays a huge role in where the Cleveland Browns are and are going to be. And so this week, really the biggest kind of news is that the Philadelphia Eagles lost. With the Browns owning their number one pick from the Eagles, uh, the Eagles recouped a number one pick from the Minnesota Vikings, but the Browns have the Eagles pick. Right now, as we speak, before tonight's Monday Night Football game, if the Colts win tonight's game, the Philadelphia Eagles will select number nine. If the Colts lose, the Philadelphia Eagles pick would be number 10. So that means we're talking about a Cleveland Browns team that right now would have the number one pick and either the ninth or 10th pick in this upcoming draft. Beyond that, we're also looking at the Tennessee Titans' second-round pick that the Browns also own, and what that's going to look like. And so the Titans, like the Browns, were off this week and have had a much better season than most people really expected from them, uh, given everything that they have going on, sitting at 6-6. Six and six. And so if the Eagles are drafting ninth, 
the Titans pick will be about the 15th pick in the second round, possibly the 16th or 17th, but let's just go with the 15th pick. So given all of that, what we know is that the Cleveland Browns will, at a base level, have two of the top 10 picks and four of the top 50 picks in the upcoming NFL draft. Again, the number one pick, currently the Browns will be looking at the number one pick, the number nine or 10 pick, so a lot, and this draft is expected to have a lot of talent, the number 33 pick, and right now, somewhere between the 47th and 50th selection. The Browns are going to be able to add four of the top 50 players in what is expected to be an amazing, amazingly deep draft class. That is a lot of talent. That is a lot for Browns fans to get excited about. Even if the Browns, some expect the Browns to pick number one and then trade down from that 10th spot. Or maybe they, they trade down from number one, maybe not too far, but to, say, the Chicago Bears or the New York Jets or maybe the 49ers, depending on how things play out, Jacksonville Jaguars, who want to jump over those other teams to get their top quarterback. Maybe the Browns aren't sold. Maybe they force whoever is drafting number two, which is right now the Niners, to give up an extra third-round pick to move up one spot. Heck, maybe even like we did a few years back to get Kellen Winslow Jr., the tight end, maybe they can get a second-round pick from the 49ers to drop back one and then either pick Miles Garrett or the quarterback of their choosing. Either way, right now, going into uh, with four games left in the season, the Browns currently are sitting with two of the top 10 picks and four of the top 50. Now the Titans and the Eagles can go on some kind of winning streak and and change that a little bit, uh, and maybe even a lot. Uh, the Browns could actually start winning games now that we're expecting RG3 to play. But again, probably not too much. But it's interesting that I think a lot of fans would be upset with the Browns winning any of these last four games, but were really upset when the Browns didn't win any of the first 12. Even though winning in Week 17... And going 1-15 would be no different than winning in week 2, 3, 7, 9, 10. Or winning a couple games in the last four weeks of the season really from a draft pick perspective isn't any different than winning, say, week 1 against the Eagles, which would have been nice at some level, in um, week 10. Or week 16 and 17, it doesn't really change. But there are going to be some Browns fans that are going to be upset. But right now, Browns fans, time to be excited. The Browns have the opportunity to add some elite-level talent in this year's draft. Looking back at last year's draft, the goal was to add depth and to add picks. They did that. They drafted a ton of players who, at a base level, should create the foundation of the team. And then this year, maybe they have the opportunity to take some of those elite-level players, especially if they get a pick like number one and number nine, Probably the highest the Eagles pick would be was number six or number seven because the Jets, the Bears, the Jaguars, the 49ers, and even the Rams are unlikely to win any games or many games enough to really um, let the Eagles drop far enough to get anything higher than like six or seven. 
but the Browns are in position to add elite talent. Right now, it's first pick. If the Colts win, it's the ninth pick. If the Colts lose, it's the tenth pick. And maybe that could get better. Browns fans, while the team is 0-16, there's nothing more that we could ask for when it comes to building through the draft. And speaking of nothing more to ask for, SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and just with a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but with SeatGeek, you will always find the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. And we're going to talk about deals here in a second for the Browns. We know we love those. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, that's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. Go to the Settings tab and click on Add a Promo Code. And then just enter my promo code, L-O Browns. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter the promo code, L-O Browns. So I mentioned uh, liking good deals in the SeatGeek uh, read there. Um, and I think it's a good time with the bye week coming to an end and all that kind of stuff. And with the Eagles losing to review the trade and the trades that the Cleveland Browns have made specifically ar- around Carson Wentz. Now I just want to be really, really clear for me, no player should be judged until after three full seasons. Now you can judge their first season just based on their first season, but it's three full seasons before before I think a player can be judged most appropriately. So Danny Shelton is a great example. Didn't look good at all his first first year, and even some during training camp this year concerned me a little bit. Has looked really, really good in his second year. So after next year, we'll be able to kind of give a good grade about where he is as a player. So the same thing, guess what? Through four games, Carson Wentz was the next coming of whatever, and and now there he's he's not, right? And does that mean that Carson Wentz isn't good or isn't gonna be good or no? It means guess what? Teams now have film on Carson Wentz. Teams now can see what he likes and what he does good and what he doesn't do good. Teams can see all of that. So the same way I'm not gonna judge the Browns front office and the picks they made this year, though some of them have shown some upside, I'm not going to judge Carson Wentz. But it's important to understand what the Browns got in trading down out of the number two pick and then again out of the number eight pick. And so especially now as the Eagles first round pick and the Tennessee Titans second round pick kind of come into focus, 
the value of that trade really starts to kind of pick up, right? So if you're talking about the ninth pick, the number nine overall pick, the Browns moved down six slots to pick up the number nine overall pick the following year. Wow, right? I mean, that's just a real honest statement of wow. And then maybe the 15th pick in the second round from the Tennessee Titans. And then they also have the Eagles' second round pick the following season. Wow, right? So let's look. So far, given those two trade trade downs, and now there's some other stuff going on there. Um, there was a lot of other little moves here and there, but this is just the best kind of that we have given everything. And again, this trade makes it difficult to really evaluate the trade overall because you're going to talk about Carson Wentz versus these players from his same draft plus players drafted in this next draft and a player from the following draft and if the Browns make any other moves. So, so far for Carson Wentz, the Cleveland Browns have gotten Corey Coleman, shown some sparks, shown some upside. Sean Coleman really hasn't played, but the Browns believe uh, has the foundation to be their starting right tackle, and some have the hope that he could be a left tackle of the future. Cody Kessler, who shouldn't have played at all this season, um, but is at least a possible high upside backup. Ricardo Lewis, the speedster, uh, who has played actually really, really well on special teams, um, has shown the struggles dropping the ball, um, but uh, has played a little bit. Derek Kindred, the safety who uh, can really hit um, struggles a little bit in coverage, but definitely can hit um, and is looking to kind of take hold of that position. Spencer Drango, who's been a shock at left guard. And that, so those are all the players. So for, for Carson Wentz and then trading down again. So um, really it's Carson Wentz and I believe it was Jack Conklin uh, off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. Taylor Lewan or um, yeah, Jack Conklin. Sorry. Um, for moving down those two spots, the Browns have added two Coleman's, a Kessler, a Lewis, a Kindred, and a Drango. So you're talking about six players. And then this year, this upcoming draft, they have the opportunity to add two more players in the top 50. Again, right now, number nine or 10, and about 47 to 50, somewhere in that range. And then they have a Philadelphia Eagles pick coming up in the second round of the following year. So at a minimum, if the Browns don't make any other trades, the Browns will have traded down from number two to 15 and added nine players. Of those nine players, Corey Coleman, number 15, um, and then the pick they get from the Eagles, Titans, and Eagles are all going to be in the top two rounds of the draft. So the Browns have added really foundational pieces. Spencer Drango could be the starting right guard next year or could be the starting right tackle. Sean Coleman is expected to really start at right tackle. Uh, Drango at right guard. They can move John Greco inside to center or they just have a lot of pieces on the offensive line with Coleman and Drango, both of whom um, Coleman in practice and Drango on the field uh, in games have really impressed. With Corey Coleman or Ricardo Lewis, you have two speedsters. Lewis with a little bit more size. Uh, Coleman, obviously a better player. Cody Kessler, you've identified at minimum your Brian Hoyer type backup who could 
be a Kirk Cousins type. Uh, I think Kessler's looked better in his rookie year than anything uh, outside of his game against the Browns that Cousins did. And then you have a safety who something could be the Browns starter, plus adding some more talented players. And so given the fact that we're going to start preparing for the last four games of the season, it's important to look back and say, you know, you may not love the picks, but Carson Wentz has come back to earth. We don't have a quarterback, but at a minimum, we have nine players that should be on this team into their second contracts. Should is a big word, but the Browns haven't had many players actually make it to their second contract. So if this front office and if Hugh Jackson can make it, Corey Coleman is is starting wide receiver. Sean Coleman is a starting right tackle. Spencer Drango is a starting guard someplace. Cody Kessler is your backup, but you're going to want to re-sign him. Uh, or you could trade Cody Kessler for something as his value grows. Derek Kindred is your starting safety, and Ricardo Lewis is a, an important special teams player. It's a lot of talent. And if the Browns have that kind of foundation, plus the picks they've added with the Eagles, Titans, and then Eagles again, the second rounder in 2018, you're talking about a foundation-changing, uh, culture-changing, team-changing trade. The only thing out of all of that that matters, there's two. One, the Browns have to get the picks right. If that pick is number nine, they've got to get a dynamic, elite-type player or trade down for more picks, but I think they have to get an elite-type player. And number two, you've got to keep this front office and you've got to keep this head coach around. This is a foundation for this team, for this regime. These six players already drafted, three more added in the next two years may not be a foundation for another head coach, for another front office. The Carson Wentz trade may have changed the future of both teams. It's up to Jimmy Haslam and the rest of the Browns to get this right. Really excited to hear what Jimmy Haslam had to say to his people in private. Everything that he had said individually, he said to the group. And unfortunately, he had to make it clear that Mary Kay Cabot, Jason LaCanforna, and the rest talking about problems or changing things in the front office were off base. You heard that from me first. Maybe not first, but you heard it here, that's for sure. Thank you for stopping by again this Locked on Browns podcast. Again, you can subscribe through iTunes. Uh, or just check us out on Audio Boom. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J A R E D K M U E L L E R. Thanks again for stopping by and go Browns.